Hello and welcome to this new edition of the Currency of Truth, the show that gets down to the money issues that matter to you and talking about the technology of money and the future of money itself. And with me is Bill Hughes, our host, and along with me, Randall Martin. So uh, let's get into today's episode and see what is new because I know there's a lot going on. Hey, Bill, why don't you say hello to the people? Good morning, my brother. Good morning to everyone out there. Uh, it's certainly a pleasure. So, the, well, before we go to some of the clips that we have uh, of various currency experts that are talking around the globe, why don't you just lay it out? Uh, what's going on this week in currency and what should people know? Well, there's a lot going on. Um, there's been a lot of downgrades, uh, whether it was downgrades of some U.S. banks downgrades of the U.S. debt itself, um, and also a flight from currency uh, within the U.S. Um, so the, there's a lot going on, and, and people should be informed on um, what is going on with the U.S. dollar. Now, you know, we we have a, a bunch of, of radio shows and podcasts that we do, and we also have uh, shows that we do over the air. And over the air, we talked about this about a month ago, of the danger that the U.S. currency, the pressure and danger of the U.S. currency is facing from a variety of different sources. And you, I want to say you predicted it because it is actually happening right now. And how does this really affect people's everyday uh, wallet and their spending power? Well, I, as you can see, since 2008, it really goes back to 2008 in the housing crisis, um, you, you know, which is when Bitcoin was actually developed in 2009, that following year. Uh, you had a lot of financial pressure put on um, the U.S. dollar. And, and some of that pressure came from the nations starting or trying to start their own currency alternative to the U.S. dollar called BRICS, which was started by um, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Um, and so, you know, having the, the U.S. dollar with less uh, spending power uh, will will absolutely be, a, a you know, a hindrance and, and a real danger to the communities, especially people of color. Now, you, you talked about actually hyperinflation. You said because the dollar is now, um, it's still, we are still the official reserve currency, but we're losing power because that is being diluted, it seems like. And that you said that there's a danger, a real danger of, of inflation coming back, but in a whole different way, a whole way that we're not even used to in America. Yes. So, um, during you know the shutdown of the pandemic when we received all those stimulus checks and also the ppp loans um the federal reserve printed a whole lot of money um and everybody is is um understanding that and since they printed that money uh they really need to call call back you know some of those debts and the way they could do that uh the way they're doing that is by raising interest rates um and so when we're raising the interest rates here in the u.s it is putting a tremendous amount of pressure on the U.S. dollar, and it is making very, you know, really difficult uh, for banks and other people to borrow money. Uh, so it's really, you know, causing a problem within the, the communities at large. Right, and but didn't other countries do the same thing? I mean, was it wasn't just the United States? It was a, you know, 
or was it just the United States uh, that sort of gave our stimulus check to try to keep the economy going? Uh, no, actually, um, if you look, it was almost done in unison around the world. Um, a lot of countries were giving out stimulus and even more um, stimulus than the, than the U.S. And if you look, a lot of those countries are also raising their interest rates as well. Um, England, uh, well, the U.K., uh, in the EU, they're raising their interest rates, and um, some of the other countries have raised their interest rates, which, again, is making borrowing money much harder, um, and it also is deflating you know, the, the value of currencies. But we're not worried so much right now about um, the value of other currencies. What we're worried about is the value of the dollar, and the spending power of the dollar is becoming much less than when it was um, in previous years due to inflation. All right, let, I'm going to play the uh, uh, Moody's uh, downgrade clip, and we can hear that and and react to that, and then we'll get into some of the other clips now. Let me let me play that. Moody's has cut its rating on 10 small and mid-sized U.S. banks and warned it could downgrade bigger lenders as well. There were official downgrades for the likes of M&T Bank, Pinnacle, Webster Financial. 11 banks in total were put on a negative outlook, including larger lenders like PNC, Capital One, and Citizens. Those are all falling in pre-market trading. Bigger plays like Bank of New York Mellon, U.S. Bank Corp, and State Street are all under review for a potential downgrade. And good times keep rolling for Eli Lilly, thanks to a strong drug pipeline. The farmer company... Yeah, so they, there we have it. Um, this, you know, this, this financial pressure is definitely uh, having, you know, an impact in how people see our currency and the stability. And you also mentioned something very important, and that was how the debate over the debt ceiling and the the slowness to pass that and the controversy that surrounded that really also uh, shook international confidence and in the stability of America and its commitment to pay its debt, even though it was passed after all, but it was almost a calamitous event. Absolutely. The last time we had a conversation, I mentioned this and I, and we seem to gloss over this as though it's some kind of um, argument that goes on between our elected officials, not realizing that the, the, the U.S. dollar is the reserve currency around the world. So a lot of countries hold U.S. debt. They, they want to buy you. They wanted to buy U.S. debt because it, it had value. But when we get into arguments about whether we're going to actually honor our debt, um, it shakes the, the stability in the faith of other countries of wanting to hold our debt. And and that is coming to fruition. Especially you can see that with the downgrade of, of um the US the US um debt now by Fitch. Right. And you know what? I let, let me um let me let me play that clip now. This is coming from Fitch. The United States rating has been cut to AA plus from triple A by Fitch. Now, uh, Fitch is downgrading the United States, citing factors including expected fiscal deterioration. This is, of course, after the debt ceiling fight. They were able to come to an agreement. There's going to be another fight in Washington well, regarding appropriation. Absolutely right. The S&P downgrade happened after the debt ceiling deal was made. Right. And we're apparently repeating history here, knowing that we could also be headed for a government shutdown. And that's not the same as a default. 
But the idea that Washington cannot seem to figure out how to fund the government, the, the chaos uh, caucus, if you will, appears to be motivating Fitch in this way. This is a remarkable headline to get yeah. right now. So this, this is a really great example of how our political scene is really affecting not only how we're viewed around the world, but how our currency is, is the value of our currency and, and how people perceive our stability and, again, our willingness to pay uh, our debts. Well, you were right on the money when you spoke about uh, what was to happen. What do you think is going to happen uh, moving forward? Oh. I think Ray Dalio, who, who is a, a great economist and investor, um, he talks about it and, and, you know, he brings up a lot of great points. The U.S. dollar, with us weakening, um, it has a potential for, for, you know, very high inflation. And, and should we come into that inflation, it wouldn't be the first time in U.S. history, but having us come into high inflation with also people moving off of the U.S. dollar, it, it could potentially set the U.S. up for some some really really bad financial um, times. Um, Are you talking and, like Great Depression times? Well, they mentioned they mentioned that it being worse. They don't call they're they're afraid to use the Great Depression um, word now. So what they really say is it could be as bad as 1929. <laughs> um, which was the years of the Great Depression. Right. So, you know, so without saying the Great Depression, um, but, you know, with them saying that, though, is people, I think, don't understand how much of an impact uh, that debt ceiling fight, printing of currency, and then cutting our interest rates really could be to the economy in the U.S. Right. Right. And this this is different than having, let's say, a weak dollar, where in many cases, when you have a weak dollar, your your trading can go up because it's less expensive to buy goods with 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 U.S. dollars. That's not what we're talking about. We're actually talking about the debt and people purchasing the debt and the stability of that debt. And, you know, as 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 an investment. Right. And, And what is making this more difficult, Randall? that coincides with the fact that we're having high interest, uh, um, the interest rate is high, uh, and that we have high inflation, you have the BRICS nations who are developing a a, um, digital currency. Um, And one of the things that made the US dollar so strong is when we came off the gold standard in 71, in 1974, um, the petrodollar was created between the U.S. and Saudi Arabia. Right. Meaning all nations around the world had to buy um, oil using the U.S. dollar. That allowed the U.S. dollar to be very strong by proliferating throughout the world because you couldn't buy oil without it. But now, with the BRICS trying to develop a digital currency backed by gold, and their summer, I mean, their um, summit is in August in, in um, this month in South Africa, where, they, where they're supposed to announce the next steps of developing this currency. And the reason why they want to develop a digital currency is because digital currency, tra- you know, it's the velocity of money. It travels much faster than trying to, you know, get dollars um, spread out through the world. Uh, and, and so they're able, at least that's their belief, they will be able to get, a digital dollar into some of these trade markets much faster than if they were to try, 
trying to challenge the U.S. dollar um, straight up. Now, whether that's going to be possible or not, um, a lot of speculation is around that. But what a lot of people are talking about is instead of the U.S. being the dominant dollar, that you will have one or two or maybe even three basket of reserve currencies. Right. Now, that as we're talking about this and this volatility and this uncertainty in the marketplace, the cryptocurrencies, as you just alluded to, is a perfect segue, uh, are now really starting to uh, move out of mature, right? As 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 whether whether they're considered uh, currencies or whether they're considered investments, and th- there have been some pivotal court decisions that have clarified um, a couple of different exchanges, uh, leading to I think uh, boost investor confidence because now there's a a clear delineation of what those currencies, how they are going to be treated. Uh, can we talk about that a little bit, especially the, especially the, some of the decisions that happen right here in our home state of New York? Yeah. So um, the the major decision that came out came from um, just uh, Annalisa Torres, who was in the, um, the third judicial district in, in New York, who uh, there was a case between the SEC, which is the Security Exchange Commission, and also the company Ripple, which has uh, the cryptocurrency XRP. Um, and Judge Annalisa Torres declared that sales of XRP in the secondary market is not a um, security, um, but sales to institutions, pre-sales directly from the company to institutions does um, uh, reflect it as a security. Uh, but with her decision, it, it basically gave XRP cryptocurrency um, clarity that it, it is not in itself a security um, unless it was sold directly from the institution to uh, directly from Ripple to institutions uh, where they had an interest in, in the value of, of that um, asset. Um, and that so, affects how those currencies are regulated, like what agency regulates you know, the, those companies. Yeah, and that's where the battle has has been coming, uh, Randall. Is because you because of all of this talk around BRICS and and, and these nations trying to use digital currency to to um, get around the U.S. dollar, and also um, that's what Russia was using to get around the sanctions. Um, they were using a, a, a form of digital currency, basically the, the Chinese yuan, um, to get around you know sanctions. Um, and so the, the battle was who's going to actually regulate cryptocurrencies and, and so that we don't conflate the two issues. XRP which is a, a considered a cryptocurrency, not a security now. Right. And then you have CBDCs, which is a central bank, which is, you know, um, central bank digital currency. They, they are not one and the same. Uh, I just want to make sure that our audience understands that. So um, we're, we're but, coming to the um, to the close of the program soon. But I don't know. Do we have enough time to really kind of define um, that terminology so that people can clearly understand what we're talking about, especially those central bank backed currencies? Okay. Yeah, that's you can do that pretty quickly. So, so when you look at uh, Bitcoin, let's say to take the top 
top three that that out there that people are trading: Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP. Each one of those are are cryptocurrencies, you know, algorithms that they've developed that actually has a utility or purpose, right? And and um, so you know you can use them as cash, store value, or use them to transfer things of value from one person to another. A central bank digital currency is just a digital representation of the dollar fiat of a particular nation. So for example, you have in China, you have the, the, the fiat or paper dollar yuan, and then the digital yuan. In Brazil, you have their, their paper dollar, and then you'll have their the digital dollar. That's what a central bank digital currency is. Right, and and so as these currencies start to emerge again, solidify because in, in those currencies they are actually backed by something. So those, so yes. some of those are some of the flavor of cryptocurrencies that are not just speculative in, in a way. They're actually backed by something, and so as we start to move into that into that realm there's a lot of competition even with the united states i mean we, we know we had uh uh was it venezuela or ecuador one of southern american uh companies uh that was uh betting heavily on crypto and it was one of the first as a country to uh, adopt cryptocurrencies and then like even here we have a somewhat of a battle between miami and new york as to be sort of the regulatory capital you know sort of yeah taxes to that now yeah <laughs> no you know known for you're known for cryptocurrency so all of this is evolving very quickly and this is why uh this podcast is so important because we're helping you to understand these developments and how they're going to impact your wallet how they're going to impact your ability to spend and what the future will look like in terms of banking, uh, international trading, uh, you know, buying different currencies, buying anything is all going to be impacted by what's happening now regulatorily and just in, 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 in the marketplace. Yes. Um, and just as, as we close out, I will say is, you know, continue to listen to our podcast because we're moving over to a digital society and there is no doubt about that. There's five or six bills on the floor of Congress right now. Not sure if any of those bills will get through because the you know both political sides are, are agreeing on the language. Um, but nevertheless, around the world, when you look at in the UK, the EU, Singapore, Asia, a lot of the Asian countries, they have already passed um, legislation moving towards a digital society. We're we're one of the last nations to move, but we're going to have to move with the rest of the world, and it's coming. Right. And so don't get caught unawares or kind of behind the curve because this is important information. So we uh, like and subscribe to our podcast. It's going to be a source of helping you to protect your wealth. And so with that, uh, we're going to say uh, so long to our listeners for now, but we will be back soon. And you've been listening to The Currency of Truth with Bill Hughes and Randall Martin. We'll see you next time.